Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Today's session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 216 of this Daily Study Podcast. Sorry, it's 217. Uh, and today uh, we are taking a pause from our Come Follow Me materials and we're looking at our Monday episode where we look at listener comments and something else that I've been studying in the week or anything that you've been studying in the week if you've shared it with us. Um, so we'll dive straight into Facebook. There's only really one comment from listeners this week, uh, and it's about um, the priesthood, uh, which I thought was great because that obviously we talked a lot about that last week uh, from um, a listener that says, I came to understand more fully that priesthood power is given through our ordinances. As a single mom, I feel more assured of the power of God that I have felt in my home even after my husband left. He may have had keys to give blessings and ordinances, but the power to be blessed is still in my home because I have kept the covenants and have received that power from my ordinances. I hope I'm making sense, but from what I've studied so far, I have priesthood and authority and power in my home because I've made and kept my covenants. The podcast Follow Him has an interview with Barbara Gardner that explains women and the priesthood really well. Um, and actually, um, as this listener said, uh, I shared the uh, the Follow Him podcast last week as well with Barbara Gardner. If you haven't listened to that yet, I really strongly recommend it. Even though we're moving into a new week of Come Follow Me study this week, uh, it really opened my eyes to, to some of that discussion that we had about uh, women, and, women and the priesthood, uh, priesthood power in the home, uh, and how, you know, <laughs> she actually talked about this, about how sometimes when we have single sisters or single mothers uh, in, in a home with no priesthood authority or no priesthood holder, let's say, um, in the home, we often talk about how you know they really need the, uh, a ministering brother to go over and give a blessing, or they really need a, an individual to go over and do this priesthood function in the home. And and this is right, of course, they need the priesthood ordinances in their lives to see the power of godliness, as we learned last week. Um, but as uh, the listener said, you know, it's about also we need to recognise that they can still still feel priesthood power in their home. Uh, as they live their covenants, as we discussed last week. And I thought that was a, a really um, important comment and one which added to the discussion that we had uh, about priesthood last week. Um, so this week, uh, I wanted to share this with you, actually. It's an article from the uh, the Liahona, and it's been a little while since I've shared an article from the from the Liahona, uh, but there were two this month that really, really stood out to me. Uh, and the first one was by Elder Jeffrey R. Holland. It's actually adapted from a Brigham Young University Education Week address that he gave in 2016 called Religion, a Moral Compass for, Compass for Living. Um, and in this, it's really interesting what he says about religion. It's a really powerful stance on religious freedom uh, and the need to be able to have religion in, in the society. Uh, he begins by saying, quote, there is no significant example in history of any society successfully maintaining moral life without the aid, or aid of religion, said historians Will and Ariel Durant. If that is true, and surely we feel it is, then we should be genuinely concerned over the assertion that the single most distinguishing feature of modern life is the rise of secularism, with its attendant dismissal of cynicism toward or marked dis dis disenchantment with religion. 
How wonderfully prophetic Elder Neil A. Maxwell of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles was back in 1978 when he said, We shall see in our time a maximum effort to establish irreligion as the state religion. Secularists will use the carefully preserved and cultivated freedoms of Western civilization to shrink freedom even as they reject the value of our rich Judeo-Christian heritage. Close quote. So, it's a powerful start there, highlighting to us about how in the world today, um, in many of Western civilization, um, religion is being pushed to the sidelines and it's being mocked, frankly. Uh, it's being uh, irreverently mocked in many places. When you turn on the television or you listen to, to different narratives about the world and society as it is, a faith in God and in Christ is often seen as a, a crutch or something which shows that an individual doesn't have faith in themselves or perhaps needs something to believe in because they can't get through life without it. Um, and this has happened very slowly over time, perhaps, uh, or some would say perhaps um, has, you know, it's been noticeable uh, and it certainly has, I think. Uh, and I think that what's important is that we understand how religions need to work together to raise the voice of the need for faith, whether it is a Christian faith or Islamic faith or a Hinduism or Hinduist faith or any faith. Faith and religion is needed, as Elder Holland points out here, to keep the moral compass of society true. Um, it's, uh, he continues on to say, quote, It has been principally the world's great faiths that speak to the collective good of society, that offer us a code of conduct and moral compass for living, that help us exult in profound human love and that strengthen us against profound human loss. If we lose consideration of these deep elements of our mortal existence, divine elements, if you will, we lose much, some would say, most of what of that which has value in life. In fact, religion has been the principal influence that has kept Western social, political and cultural life moral to the extent that these have been moral. And I shudder at how immoral life might have been then and now without that influence. Centuries of religious belief, including institutional church or synagogue or mosque going, have clearly been preeminent in shaping our notions of right and wrong, close quote. It is sad to see when we look at some of the leaders in the world these days um, about at just how um, dishonest, perhaps. And it doesn't matter what part of the political spectrum you're on. You know, there is a lack of, of moral leadership uh, around the world today. Um, you know, there are great people out there. And let's not let's not paint this as a dark woe is us picture. You know, there are some wonderful people out there who are religious or not religious, who have great morals. Um, but it's clear to see in society there is a shift away from a religious observance and respect of, of people who are religious. Um, and that, in turn, has given rise to this secularism. Uh, and I think it's a, not a very long article, this, to be honest, in the Enzyme. I mean, I've read more than half of it just in those quotes alone. But I thought it was a really interesting insight by Elder Holland, who, after all, is one of Christ's special witnesses on the earth today, um, raising the voice of the need to have uh, religious freedom. And obviously, we've shared before about um, when Elder Bednar spoke early on in the pandemic, when a lot of religious services and religious uh, opportunities were shut down due to the pandemic, he pointed out that there are some things that are being opened up rather quickly, and yet religion is being put to the sideline. 
And I thought that was interesting, that that, that observation, because that certainly happened in the UK as well. There was a, a big push to open schools and things like that. And but religious places of worship had to wait longer uh, than that than those places. Uh, and of course, schools are important. Education. I mean, I am a teacher. You know, it is a, a belief of mine that education is one of the most powerful things that can influence a society. Um, but that that it was interesting to see that. And Elder Bednar, as as again, uh, one of the Lord's witnesses on the earth, noticed that too. And as we move forward, you know, we need to make sure that as as active citizens uh, in the world that we live in, that religious freedom, not just for our church, but for all believers, uh, is something that is a human right. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please continue to follow the podcast. I'll share the article that I've shared today on the Facebook group, so you can find it there if you're not sure where to find it yourself. Um, but I just thought it was an interesting, something interesting to have a look at. Thanks for listening, and until we meet again. <laughs>